From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, July 21st. As drought conditions across the West worsen, federal water officials say they're trying to stay on top of the developing crisis. KUNC's Luke Runyon has more. As part of a virtual program on the ongoing drought, Interior Department officials said they're working to spend millions in relief for farmers and ranchers on science and research and new infrastructure. Camille Camlin tooten is the Deputy Commissioner for the Bureau of Reclamation. And we are looking at new water supplies and infrastructure projects, new storage water projects where it's appropriate, groundwater recharge projects, increased access to reliable sources of water, and water reuse projects. More than 56% of the western U.S. is in extreme drought or worse. Records continue to be broken this year for high temperatures and dry conditions. I'm Luke Runyon. Speaking of relief for farmers and ranchers, we go now to our partners at KSJD in southwest Colorado, where the dry weather is hitting the agricultural industry particularly hard. But it's not just the bottom line that's being threatened. The effect of drought and climate change on ag workers' mental health is increasingly concerning healthcare providers. Lucas Brady Woods has this report. Mike Nolan has been a farmer for about 18 years. I don't like gardening. Like, <laughs> I like farming in the sense of like, I like tractors, I like equipment, I like big harvests. His farm is in the Mancus Valley at the base of southwest Colorado's snow capped San Juan Mountains and across from the bluffs of Mesa Verde National Park. In a normal season, Nolan grows up to seven acres of crops, anything from turnips to squash to tomatoes. This season, though, he's had to cut his crops down to less than a single acre. These fields should be cultivated and prepped and looking good, but they're covered in grass and thistle. That's because Nolan's farm and all of its neighbors are experiencing extreme drought conditions or worse, and that's limiting water supplies for the region's farmers. Alfalfa farmers ideally need 30 inches of irrigation water per acre per season for their crops. This season, though, some farmers in the county are only getting a fraction of an inch from their reservoirs. As a result, farmers have to make adjustments, and some of the sacrifices they're forced to make can be really hard on their mental health. Sometimes you look in the mirror and you're like, should I be doing this? Like, does this make any sense? That stuff just builds. Um, And it's, on seasons like this, it's, it can crack, you know, and that's the scary part. Nolan's not the only one noticing the mental health effects that drought is having on farmers. According to data compiled by Celebrating Healthy Communities, a Colorado-based suicide prevention group, farmers and ag workers are the second highest at-risk population in the county where Nolan farms. That means they're more likely to die by suicide than almost any other occupational group. And the data show another concerning correlation. Researchers also compared the state of Colorado's drought data for the past decade with the state's suicide data for the same period. When drought conditions worsen, so does the suicide rate among farmers. J.C. Karika, the CEO of Southeast Health, based in La Junta, isn't surprised by those findings. He specializes in behavioral health care in rural communities. There's seasonality. I think there's peaks of anxiety, peaks, you know, peaks of depression. It's, it's ever-flowing because it's, again, weather-related or, or market volatility. He also says that drought can be especially devastating. When you see the wind come through and shear off whatever little bit of grass you had from a quarter inch of rain uh, a couple days prior, it's kind of the carrot and the stick, and sometimes there's just not enough carrot to keep, you know, to keep people's hopes high. 
Many mental health issues in the ag community can be compounded by lack of services. The answer, Karika says, is to make more of an effort to get mental health care to farmers on their level. Kate Greenberg is the Commissioner of Agriculture for the state of Colorado. As we see financial stress increase, as we've seen in the, you know, in the last decade or so, we also see spikes in suicide rates among agricultural communities. Greenberg says her department is working with local partners across the state to get more resources to rural areas. What works in a city might not translate to agricultural communities. So, she says, resources like online training manuals or public service announcements should be written with that in mind. Colorado also maintains a crisis hotline, a free and confidential mental health resource that's available 24-7. But as climate change continues to heat up and dry out the West farmland, Greenberg says water stress will remain a challenge to keeping agriculture viable and those who do it mentally well. Back in the Mancus Valley, Mike Nolan says this year's lack of water is changing his operation in a fundamental way. The big one was laying off everybody, which was a real bummer. Never had to do that. It was really hard to do. But Nolan says off and on therapy has really helped. I just look at it as a feast of famine. We're going to have a hard year this year. We'll figure it out. Um, We'll hope and pray that it'll be different. He says if it's not, then he'll take the year off, get a job away from the farm, and pay his bills. Then he'll see what he can do down the line. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Cortez, Colorado. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. This story is part of ongoing coverage of Water in the West, produced by KSJD and distributed by KUNC. It's supported by the Walton Family Foundation. The Colorado River supplies drinking water for some of the West's biggest cities, but a lot of them lie outside the watershed. Canals, tunnels, and pipelines from the river keep water flowing to their taps, but the infrastructure also puts pressure on the fragile river, especially in dry times. From Aspen Public Radio in Colorado, Alex Hager explains. High up on Independence Pass, on the Continental Divide at more than 10,000 feet, the winding road passes by a critical piece of water infrastructure hidden off among the trees. As we look upstream, we see the headwaters of the Roaring Fork River coming in. Christina Medved is with the Roaring Fork Conservancy. And to our left right here, this is the water from the Lost Man Canal coming in here. About 80% of Colorado's water falls on the western side of the state, where snowmelt in the mountains trickles down into rivers. But about 80% of Colorado's people live east of the mountains. And thanks to gravity, that water doesn't flow to them naturally. So for the last 150 years, engineers have created a massive plumbing system to fix that. And up at this dam, it's really easy to see and hear how the water gets split up. Medved and I hike upstream from the dam, right alongside a rushing river of mountain snowmelt. So the sound that we hear right now is of the undammed portion of the Roaring Fork River. Just a short stroll downhill, it's a little more tranquil, where the dam has reduced the flow to a much narrower, calmer stream. And now we're on the other side of the Roaring Fork Diversion Dam. So the sound that you're hearing here is what's passing through, making its way down to Aspen and the rest of the Roaring Fork Valley. 
The water that gets pulled away into the tunnel flows into a reservoir, then into another reservoir, then into the Arkansas River, and finally onto the Front Range. It's called a trans-mountain diversion. These systems provide drinking water for some of the Front Range's biggest cities. Same is true for canals and tunnels that keep Salt Lake City, Albuquerque, and Los Angeles well-watered. But these systems aren't without critics. When you first learn about it, the, the concept of a trans-mountain diversion is crazy. It's, it's, it seems wrong. It, it seems um, antithetical to the health of the river. And, and I have to say, all of that's true. That's Andy Mueller, the general manager of the Colorado River Water Conservation District. His group was set up in the 1930s to oppose these diversions and make sure that there's enough water for the people on the western side of the state. The idea that, that a large population center hundreds of miles away can pull water out of a stream and, and bring it to their, uh, their city for their use is, is hard to accept under our, our current um, ecological and environmental values that our society holds. Mueller says the issue is those current values aren't written into law. And the way the rules are now, if you want to put a river's water to use hundreds of miles away from its source, you have every right to do so. It might just require a plumbing system to get it there. But right now, there's just less water to go around, period. The Front Range is currently drought-free, but those places in the mountains that provide a dependable source of water for everyone in the state, they are deep into a drought that's left snowpack and river flows way lower than they should be. I think that we need to work on um, making sure that the water balance occurs, um, that, that in a time like this where we have an imbalance, that, that those uh, Front range diverters really do a good job of coming back and making sure that we um, that they reduce their uses when their damage is so significant. But on the front range, those diverters say they're getting better at listening to the folks on the other side when they put up a distress signal. Nathan Elder is the water supply manager for Denver Water. He says over the last two decades, their per capita water use is down by more than 20 percent. Everyone in Colorado, you know, needs to decrease their use. And, and we have seen that and we have been successful with our conservation efforts and, and customer messaging and watering rules. The fact of the matter, he says, Colorado is in too deep. The plumbing is there. The demands are still high. And until foundational laws on Western water management change, this is what we have. It, it has to work together with, you know, water from the West Slope uh, moving o- over to the East Slope. Because, he says, you can't just pick up whole cities and move them to where the water is. I'm Alex Hager in Aspen, Colorado. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, July 21st. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.